Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. It's Al Pickett, the founder of The Black Print, where I help people win in a brave new world through the financial markets, teaching them how to profit consistently, all the financial markets, and I'm here with Verbally Effective and Ina Esco. We all around Memphis, Tennessee right here. We in the mix as well with DJ BA, a.k.a. No Genre, a.k.a. Brandon Adams, and we on Verbally Effective Podcast with Miss Ina Esco. Let's go. Hey, hey, it's your double E, Ina Esco, here live in the studio for a live verbally effective podcast. I have a young lady that I met over the weekend. Her name is Stormy Banks, and she is a sustainable funding coach. How are you, Stormy? Hey, hey, I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me, Ina. Yes, yes. And I know you have some uh, ties to Memphis. We're going to get all into that. Absolutely. And you did an amazing job at the Dream Summit on Saturday, might I add. Thank you. It was a really fun, you know, platform to be on. I know that was their first mm-hmm. one, so I'm excited to be a part of that history that was made. Yes, and for those who don't know what the Dream Summit is, this was an inaugural event for financial literacy, right? So, I mean, they had some real big heavy hitters up in the building, but the biggest heavy hitter was Stormy Banks. Period. Okay. <laughs> she was actually sitting on the panel that I moderated called The Investor's Blueprint. And we covered quite a range of topics. And when we got done, I said, Stormy, I got to get you on the podcast. Yes, it's all about connecting and networking. So I'm glad that we were able to go ahead and make this happen. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, Stormy, let's get right down to it. Where are you originally from? Um, A lot of people actually don't know that I'm originally from Michigan. I was born there, but I usually claim New York because I spent most of my adulthood in New York. And I feel like New York is really what raised me into the woman that you see today. Wow. So Michigan, you did mention Michigan. What part of Michigan? Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. (laughs) How long did you spend in Grand Rapids? I was there um, a little bit into high school. So that was probably like 14 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 14 years. And what was the young, young Stormy into back at, over there in Grand oh, Rapids? Oh, man. Young Stormy was mischievous, okay? <laughs> I mean, I was I was into a lot of sports. I have, grew up with okay. my brothers, so we were into a bunch of sports. And, you know, after school activities, we, we were in the band. My mom was an educator my whole life, so mm-hmm. we were into a lot of, like, after school programs. And we were always doing, like, you know, different foreign language uh, programs and stuff as well. But I, I really have always been into sales and into business structure I remember uh young stormy had we had a uh a flower <laughs> shop business that I actually did throughout the summers that I would sell wow. you know flower pots to my neighbors and things so I've really been the same me I just was a little you know rebellious back in the days oh, like we like you know most of us back then <laughs> in them teenage years huh right wow so you said you've been a salesperson. yes this was really embedded in me I, my dad was an entrepreneur my whole life so mm-hmm. I mean he sold everything from huskies to you know insurance <laughs> to mm-hmm. cars to everything so seeing him and hearing his philosophy on life really was ingrained into me at a young age wow so you get it from your daddy 
the entrepreneur side, yes. It's, it's couple entrepreneur and education. So that's kind of really what makes me who I am today. Definitely. Now, when you moved from Grand Rapids to New York, what sparked that move? I, at that time, the, the, between that time, actually, I had to go to Memphis. I had to come here for okay. a, a couple of years. My mom had got remarried, um, and she's originally from Memphis. So she mm-hmm. got remarried, and I moved here for a couple of years to go to a hair school. I went to Paul Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And what what incentivized me to move to New York was that I was, you know, just finished school, and I had those starving artist dreams. And I wanted mm-hmm. to go to the Big Apple to pursue those dreams and become the, you know, entrepreneur, artist, or hairstylist that I had envisioned for myself. And I felt like... Like, you know, what better than to be the small, the small fish in a big pond and then become the big fish in, in some point. So what happened when you hit New York? Because, baby, that's the number one market. That's I big know. city moves right there. Yeah, I took a really humble approach. I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to get into one of the biggest salons, you know, in Manhattan, and I'm going to work my way up. I started as a, an assistant and I was just assisting other hairstylists and I would just go above and beyond. I was there on my off days. I was there, you know, on my on days, I was asking questions. I was just doing the work and I was just hustling really hard. And eventually I got to become one of the top performing stylists at the salon. Mm. And um, that was just kind of how that worked out for me. I had, I was really blessed because the people that I got to work with, they genuinely you know, allowed me to work under them and they mentored me and took me under their wing because I was so young at that time still. And I'm really grateful for that because that really helped propel me quickly. Yeah. And, and New York is just like Memphis. Memphis is a grit and grind city. Like mm-hmm. you, you're going to work for it. And I, and I know New York has that same hustler mentality. Was it ever, you know, intimidating when you were out there trying to figure it out? Yeah, no, not for me. You know, I think part of my makeup has always been the type of person who wants to disrupt things um, Mm -hmm. on purpose. Sometimes I was a rebel without a cause and sometimes I was a rebel with a cause, but I was always excited for challenges. I was always excited for, you know, adversity because I felt like that was an opportunity to make change. And with me being in New York, I was young African-American woman. I was the only African-American woman in my salon. And it was just like an opportunity for me to really show what we were made of right in that Mm -hmm. space. I, I read a quote recently that said go where you're unwanted because that's where you're most needed and it was really a testament to you know my my opportunity that I had in New York to show them this is what black girl magic really looks like we finna come in here and take over and then allow the space for other African-American women to be in this place too I love it I love it yes so are you still in New York um, I am in Brooklyn. Best I do or die. Okay, because I hear some New York accent like you picked up on it. Yeah, I, and it's so crazy. My sister is like, how did you develop such a New York accent? I was like, I am deep down in the boogie down. Okay? In the boogie I down. Am, I am right there in Best I, Fulton and Albany, okay? And mm. when it comes to being in my community, I'm really heavy supporter in my community. A lot of the places around me are still black owned in that community. Mm-hmm. So I always am like eating over there, shopping over there, talking to the locals you know I, lo- I know a lot of the people that are over in my community so I think that's really where it like instilled itself in me yes and but you still make time to come see mama in Memphis oh man absolutely <laughs> yeah I even shout her out when we were on the stage because that's like my yes. dog you know that's just really my dog I know she's proud of you absolutely proud of all of us she has four other kids too so okay. she all of us are doing great things and I'm super proud to be in community with these people that are doing amazing things so where do you fall in that four kid range yeah there's so there's five total um, four plus me and I am number four I'm the baby girl okay yeah gotcha. okay so you the spoiled one 
I never got spoiled because I was rebellious. I actually was the one that was the example. I had to be the one that was getting the whoopings and getting the punishments Girl. to show the other kids what not to do. You didn't learn your lesson with your older siblings. You was yeah. like, no. Nope. And you know, that's something I had to unlearn actually. Like growing up, I had to start learning from other people's mistakes mm-hmm. so that I could kind of, you know, just just not go through everything that had to be gone through. And that's something I had to learn growing up and maturing. But, yeah, when I was younger, I was mm-hmm. like, well, that was your experience. Let me try it my way and see if yes. it's different. And it, it wasn't. And you know what, Stormy? Those are like the best learning lessons. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually. Okay, so you were a stylist in New York. Are you still styling someone? No, I still no? own a company that we offer mobile hair salon um, services in New York, but I don't do any styling anymore. I haven't in a few years. Okay, so what happened when you ended that part of your journey? Yeah, I mean, it really was COVID that kind of mm-hmm. like really pulled me through the transition. I had already been praying for a couple of years in the interim and I was asking God, you know, I had already known like my, my hands was getting like carpal tunnel vibes and I was yeah. like, you know, it's like really strenuous on my physical body. So I was already kind of asking to show me the path of like a more less labor intensive job where I can mm-hmm. still make the impact that I want to. And COVID really was that period where I had the time to really cultivate that. I had during COVID, I came back to Memphis actually to work out of a salon with my homegirl since New York wasn't allowing us to do here anymore and um after I was working with my homegirl I had saved up some money for some seed money into whatever my next venture was going to be at that time and it ended up she ended up robbing me which was like a crazy yeah which was like I mean it's a a sad story just because you don't want to see anyone get robbed but it was really what catapulted me to be like Mm. okay this is what I know I need to do now I need Mm. to help women entrepreneurs learn how to get funding for their business so that they don't have to spend a year saving and then something tragic happens and they're back to square one. Mm. And so that's kind of what really pushed me into becoming Stormy Banks Pink Print. Wow. So were you familiar with getting funding before that incident happened? Or is this something you just dove head first into? Yeah, my first business, actually, my hair company, we were able to get a $20,000 loan for that business. So that was like I had known that funding was an option for sure. And that loan really helped me build my company to where it is today. But honestly, it being that situation made me be like, okay, I need to give this knowledge to other people. And that's when I really dove into what all is really out there. And I'm like, it just opened up a floodgate to be like, oh my goodness, they have way more than just loans available for small businesses. Mm -hmm. They really help if you know what you're looking for. Yes. And for those who don't know what a sustainable funding coach is, give us that definition. Yeah, absolutely. So for you guys um, that are listening who don't know what sustainable funding is, I focus on grants um, for funding because it helps your business grow for a long period of time that you don't have to worry about paying back. You really get to be able to have that moment to build your company without the stress of interest rates or late payments or having to find out, okay, how am I going to make this money by tomorrow Mm -hmm. so I can pay these people back it really allows you that time to grow the business how it should be grown other than if you're using credit cards to grow your business you always have that stress and that anxiety to be like I gotta make sales I gotta Mm -hmm. make something shake with grants it's so much more sustainable for sure yes it is because I do a lot of work with grants getting contracted out and I love it I love it do you hear me (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about how you developed the pink print. Why call it the pink print? And I know you look beautiful in your pink. And when I saw you Saturday, you had your pink. It's all about the branding. Absolutely. Yeah, the pink print 
I, I really got the name specifically from the blueprint, but for women entrepreneurs, because gotcha. the pink print focuses uh, primarily on minority women entrepreneurs who are first time entrepreneurs. And so the pink print, it just was like, that's what it's got to be called. Like, this is the pink print, you know? Yeah. And with me being an entrepreneur for 10 years, I was like, I, I know what it takes to build seven figure companies. I know. And I have a network of other people who have also done the same. And if I can bring everything that I know in my network into one house to be able to mentor other women I know that I can build them into six and seven figure brands as well so that's what the pink print really created from and it started off as just a free like online class a free digital consulting agency where we would host zooms and people would just come on we would just be like come on for free and we'll like talk like we would just be on there chatting Mm -hmm. and you know getting people resources oh you need this okay go here you need this go there and it ended up we were able to turn that into a paid monthly mentorship program and after that it really just showed us like our power and our community and in our network so we just kept going and building more and more and more based off what the clients needed and it's just continuously been a success i'm just so grateful yes now you said the pink print was from jay-z's the blueprint i would have thought uh Nicki minaj even her okay. pink print and yeah. i was like uh, i don't think so <laughs> so i get it now but when you said you started doing free right um was that part of the strategy to really do your research and understand who's tapping in, understand your audience and your market? Yeah. From being in the salon, there was one valuable lesson that I learned, right? And it was that salon that I was working at, when we would book our clients, they would book our clients for us through their own database. So we didn't have any of our clients' contact information or anything. So the thing that I learned from that is to always get data in your business. Mm -hmm. So when we were doing the free events... It was part of the strategy because it was like, okay, we may not be making any sales right now, but if we have this funding that could sustain us for the next six months, what we can do is we can get a bunch of data. Mm -hmm. So we literally were like doing free classes. All you had to do was register, right? Just register, give us your name, email, phone number, boom. Immediately when we were able, we were able to get like 5,000 contacts in a really short period of time. And then at that point I was asked, I had known those classes, those free classes literally were just beta testing Mm -hmm. what do the people in our community need right so we're we're finding out what products to create we're finding out what time you know how Mm -hmm. much they can pay for it we're finding out everything that's needed and i'm just doing my research and writing down and, and continuously doing it to the point where it was like, okay, boom, we're gonna bring a new our first product to market with everything that you guys have told us for the last six months of what you needed, and we already know who our customers are because we have these five thousand contacts that we're gonna reach out to. And when we launched, we launched to a ten thousand dollar launch because we already had done that groundwork. Mm, wow! Now ain't nothing like getting that data, honey. The emails. You, I'm telling you, <laughs> if I could give any advice to any entrepreneur, yeah. get the data. Get the data <laughs> off top off top ain't nothing like it because you know you can promote on instagram social media all day but if you don't have those contacts then what and instagram can do what they want to do can't follow up can't Mm -hmm. follow back like you you have nobody to launch to and Mm -hmm. that's the main objective is to nurture people to like know and trust you until you're ready to bring that product to market now what was some of the hard lessons you had to learn initially stormy yeah i mean i've learned so many hard lessons um have you ever read the the book 48 laws of power yes so i've read that book because of a lot of the hard lessons that i've gone through i'm like Mm -hmm. maybe i need to learn so one of the things that i learned is in that book it goes over to not outshine the master right Mm -hmm. and a lot of times me being the person i am i know that i'll outwork a lot of people i know that i will you know take that extra initiative but i had to start being mindful of outdoing the person who was allowing me the opportunity to come through the door and i think that was a really valuable 
valuable lesson. I've learned a couple of times in different ways until I really understood what was I doing that was making that person either feel uncomfortable or feel like mm-hmm. I was trying to, you, knew you know, it, right. it just wasn't the energy would shift. And I never wanted to make someone feel like I was, you know, either using them for the opportunity or because it was always genuine, but it's just like, I want to take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, your desire to want to go fast is what might make you fall. Mm-hmm. So I really had to learn relax in every like situation or opportunity that I get and really just see what is the full benefit of every aspect that I can get out of this not only just the the propelling of my career or my you know entrepreneurship journey well let's 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 stay there for a second never outshine the master mm-hmm. um did you have a lot of pushback I, I know you said the energy shifted but I mean, what do you, you say you had to sit still? Like, how do you handle that particular situation? Because it happens often. Yeah. For me, um, what kind of, it kind of, it kind of happened in a sense where I had to realize that it wasn't my time yet and it wasn't my turn yet. And so it's like allowing people the space to fill out their dreams too. And more so trying to come in on the sense of, let me serve your purpose and what you're trying Mm. to do first before I just try to, you know, get what I'm trying to get out of it, you know? And yeah. I think it is still important to have a mutually beneficial relationship. Like we both understand that you're getting something out of this and I'm getting something out of this, but sometimes put what you want last until you've completed serving someone else. And then they'll be willing to bring you up into what you're trying to do as well. Yeah. So that's kind of something that I've learned along the path of, of just being patient, that gotcha. patience. Patience is so important. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to go, go, go head first. Let's yeah. do it. But it's a process. Absolutely. You have a team, right? That's right. Did you initially have one? Or is this a part of the process? You had to develop this amazing team you have. Absolutely not. I did not start out with a team. And it definitely is a process of building a team. And they have these sayings of like, you know, hire slow, fire fast. And they have those for a reason. Okay. Okay. You have to, I mean, with building a team, I've really had to develop what are my company's core values? Like what are personality traits that me and other people on my team that are already there can work with before I hire someone new on price point, what to pay people, how to pay people. There's Mm -hmm. so many different things, how to terminate, how, you know, there's so many different objectives when it comes to trying to hire people on your team and it really takes a long time to perfect that skill and I feel like you never really always have it completely right there's always things that could be better as an entrepreneur when you first started the pink print how did you know it was time to start a team and develop a team yeah, I mean, the first person, I mean, first person that I really hired on my team was my lawyer. And I mm-hmm. did that off the rip because I'm like, anything that I do, I want to be protected. I want my assets protected. I want my me protected. I want what I'm building protected. So I hired a lawyer first. Uh, then it was my accountant. I was like, when we start making money, I want you to know exactly every dollar and where it's going. So those two key components were like, period like that's your two best friends yeah yeah, those are like right and left hand in my company so it's like I needed those then when it came to hiring um like employees on my team it really was okay Stormy what are the things that you are spending most of your day doing that aren't revenue generating Mm -hmm. so once I figured that out it was emails it was like emails and following up with clients I was like, okay cool so let me document my process through a standard operating procedure SOP and let me figure out how I can show someone exactly how to do what I do and why I do what I do so that they can take over what I'm doing Um, And I found a really dope assistant that I still have to this day who does all my email coordinations and everything of that nature. But it really was, what am I spending time on that isn't generating money? Yeah. Wow. Did you have a mentor? 
I've had um, I've had mentors, but not in the traditional sense. A lot of people are like, you know, selling the mentorship aspect as a paid thing. I've mm-hmm. never had to pay for a mentor. I've had mentors in the sense of books. I've had mentors in the mm-hmm. sense of just people like you and me who can drop a nugget. And one thing that I would say is if you can't like afford a mentor, like you just have to be a really good question asker. Like yeah. everywhere you go, anybody you meet, if they say anything that piques or sparks anything in you, just ask them as many questions as you have time to everywhere. And that's, you know, that can be a mentor for you. If they can give you a gym that can take you to the next level. But mentors are, everywhere and and a good resource too for small businesses is score score is a really good resource through the small business administration they have free mentorship that you can actually get um, from people who have built seven-figure companies and they do it completely for free yeah yeah Um, why did you choose to focus on women entrepreneurs stormy we the goats (laughs) (laughs) we the goats yeah I mean honestly when choosing a market, it was it was really it was it was two things for me. It was I'm a woman, I'm an entrepreneur, and of course it makes sense, you know, for me to do it because I'm an African American woman entrepreneur. I'm young, um, and I'm a first time generation entrepreneur when it comes to the mm-hmm. level that I'm doing it on. And I'm like, okay, there got to be more people like me. So then, mm-hmm. of course, I go into some research and I'm figuring out the market. Is this even a valuable market? Because you know you don't want to be in a market selling products to a market that isn't growing or doesn't have the money to pay for your services or doesn't have a pain that you even need to serve Mm -hmm. so when I'm doing my research I'm figuring out like wow 2020 you know we accounted for 85 percent of the businesses that were you know bustling during that time I'm like okay women entrepreneurs we we growing at a fast rate we're the highest people who are starting businesses in in the U.S. right now so I'm like okay cool it's a growing market and then I'm like and what's 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 the problem here is that one percent of minority women are getting funding. So there's a huge wealth gap that's happening in the funding space because either we have a lack of knowledge, a lack of resources, or a lack of pioneers who are willing to connect you to those things. So I'm like, well, in true nature of Stormy, I'm gonna be the disruptor of this this space. Come on, disrupt Stormy. I, period. I'm gonna be the disruptor <laughs> of this space, and I'm going to as loud as I can preach to the people there are resources and I'm gonna tell you where to get them how to get them and what you got to do when you get there one percent stormy one percent that that is just fascinating to me it's insane it's insane so through your platform you are helping um and promoting all of these wonderful grants for free yep all day every day you like come and get it Literally. Are they coming to get it? They are coming to get it, but they're still, we've had to solve new problems, right? Once we teach them, okay, these things are available, we're, we're finding that there's new problems, which is now why we've hired a group of uh, grant writers on our team who can now like assist you to write your grant, you know? Mm. Like, okay, boom, these are the grants that are available in June. Now you need a grant proposal so that you can apply to these grants, okay? Because we know that time is of the essence. A lot of women entrepreneurs are also mothers or have a family mm. or have a nine to five or other things things they're working on so let us help you deplete that time by writing a grant that you can just upload 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 to multiple grant opportunities um so we we've we've been working out other solutions for these problems as well but yeah for free on our platform we give out hundreds of grants a year i love it like millions of dollars billions of dollars billions let my bad billions (laughs) now other than the hindrance of you know the lack of knowledge of how to write a grant proposal because you, you're getting them their first step with hey this this grant is available okay they need help with the proposal what is another barrier to entry that you see with some of these entrepreneurs time 
yeah. time. That's like something we hear all the time. It's like, okay, Stormy, like I just don't have time to apply for these grants or they don't believe that their business is worthy to be funded, worthy for the grant. They feel like, you know, quote unquote, I'm just a small business or I haven't mm. made any money. Like, sis, they're funding people to just get started. Yeah. They want you to become an entrepreneur because they understand that entrepreneurs are the baseline of the U.S. economy. They yeah. need your small business to be in your community. They need you to be making money. Mm-hmm. So however they can support you, there are opportunities like the AA program through the SBA is a great program for women entrepreneurs. You know, they have those things available. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. It doesn't even matter if you've registered your business yet. Sometimes there's a grant out right now from Inc. File and they're giving out $2,500 grants just for you to come file a business with your state and, mm. and get a website. So they have the programs. It's just you. I think people have to stop with the limiting beliefs around mm. grants. And that's part of what we try to debunk is you can do it and you're worthy to and you need to if you really want to sustain a business. Why do you think that that mindset is there like that? Why, why do we feel like that? You know, it, it's probably a systematic thing that has been ingrained into us of just that worthiness and what we deserve in, in, in you know, history. But I also think that a lot of people are new to entrepreneurship. And mm-hmm. so they just don't understand what it really all will entail. They might see, you know, their homegirl selling lip gloss or makeup or doing hair and they look at entrepreneurship as just the sales aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But they don't quite understand that, oh, when you get back in the back end, it's yeah. way the sales is the cute <laughs> stuff. You know, that's right. the stuff that's cute. The real stuff is the paperwork. And so when they really get into it, it could become discouraging if you thought that I was just going to get in here and start selling some, you know, whatever you have. But yeah, I think the paperwork is is kind of discouraging when you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. there, it's easy to give up on yourself when you're like, well, I don't have nobody to show me what to do. I don't know what's available. This stuff is costing $10,000 to get started. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just let this go. But the money is there. Mm-hmm. It is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's interesting to me is uh, we talk about entrepreneurship and there has been an influx of entrepreneurs since COVID. Even you with the pink print came out and really focused and zoomed in on your business. Are you noticing, um, I guess, with so many entrepreneurs and people quitting their jobs, what is what is it called? The great uh, resignation. So many people have resigned, like myself. I mm-hmm. resigned from my corporate job after 20 plus years last year, and it has definitely been a journey. Absolutely. So, you know, are you seeing like peaks and valleys with the amount of entrepreneurs that you're working with as far as numbers, or does it, is it a baseline or? What does that look like? During COVID, I think every business had an influx in sales. Every business, if you came out during that time, Mm -hmm. you were sadly proven, like you you were really set up for failure during COVID because everybody (laughs) had money to spend. Everybody had time to spend the money. Mm -hmm. And now that some people are back at work or now that some people's money is getting tight, we're also in a recession. Mm -hmm. Gas and eggs is the price of a house. So, you know, now that people are really starting to see okay, I got to get tight with my budget and I got to figure out what's really valuable and necessary. Everyone's business has seen a decline in sales and that's just the current market. But like I'm saying, the people who are going to be sustaining through the next years and who are going to really see that, that, that increase happen after this um, recession is over are the people who can get funding are the people who I'm not depending on sales in my business to keep my business afloat because I can write grants all year and get, you know, 250,000 worth of grants that can sustain my business. 
business for the year, pay my payroll, any other expenses, and anything else would just be a plus on top of it. Boom. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things we talked about Saturday is AI, artificial intelligence. Yes. Talk to the people with Verbally Effective on how you utilize AI in your business. Yeah, AI has really been a game changer in our business, and it really has been a game changer for my staff, really, mm -hmm. because we've been able to create, you know, like email, sales scripts, email pitches, mm -hmm. like all of that type of stuff has really become automated. And I haven't gotten rid of any staff yet because we're still learning the process and how it works. But even my accountant better watch out because <laughs> AI. I heard about been, that. Uh, yes, AI. I took you know a, a PNL that she gave me and put it in the AI and told it to create it based off of some bank statements, and it created me a whole nother you know PNL statement. So I was like, mm. sis, look over this and see if this is right because yeah, if this is right, you contrast. might you might have to come down on these prices. But I think it's honestly been a game changer for us just to kind of we haven't. Like I said, we haven't navigated for long, but just seeing the possibilities of what it can create and mm -hmm. the accuracy of it, it's, it's definitely going to put some people out of, out of jobs. That's what they're saying, honey. <laughs> but you see it for yourself, uh, just utilizing it. And another thing I heard about AI, I've heard so many great things, but uh, I guess some of the negative things that I've heard about AI is, you know, people prompting the scripts, but it's giving... Uh, information or data back that isn't correct that's so, the part yes so i'm still i'm sure they're still tweaking now right but you De definitely and that's why we haven't let anybody go yet you know we've still been kind of working it out mm -hmm. seeing how accurate it really is and honestly um train your staff on how to work it because that's just another skill that they'll yeah. appreciate you for for having that they can take with them that makes you as uh, an employer more valuable as well so we've definitely yeah. we've been working with it a bit and trying to see okay how can we integrate this into what we're already doing to you know streamline our processes and speed up our response rates just to make our customers have a better experience and that's kind of our main focus we're not trying to use it to do anything miraculous at this point yeah we testing it we we and we testing test it. we test <laughs> Stormy, tell me about the products that you provide with the Pink Brick. Yeah, the main products that we provide, we focus on our mentorship program, which offers mm -hmm. weekly classes every Monday night. And inside of that program, we have, I'm talking about literally everything from marketing, budgeting, finances, legal, uh, graphic design, um, anything that you can really think of, funding opportunities, real estate. Uh, we have those classes available for women entrepreneurs, and we have about 350 mentees in that right now. So it's a great network of women entrepreneurs mm -hmm. if anyone's looking to get some help, and it's a really affordable price and then we also offer like I was mentioning before our grant our done for you grant proposal packages mm -hmm. which we write the proposal for you and then we host a free class for you to come to where you can apply with us to different grants um, and we also have a credit repair company inside of pink print as well because we know that credit can be a huge barrier between getting funding that you need for your business so those are our main three products that you know are our best sellers and that people love the most Wow, amazing. I really like that concept of the mentorship program. It's so fun. Because really you're building community and, you know, you never know how you affect someone's life with the information that you provide. I know that yeah. feels rewarding. Absolutely, especially when the ladies, we every class we say, are there any wins from the week? And just to hear the wins that they have um, and to see the way that their business have grown, especially the ones that have been with me for a year, you know, it's just really remarkable to see that, just simple knowledge really can spark something in somebody to just do amazing, incredible things in their lives and in others. So it's definitely rewarding. Yes. Where are you taking the pink print? 
on the next level. What's the next yeah. level for the Pink Prince Stormy? Yeah, so we're focusing a lot on corporate partnership this yes. year. You guys will be seeing us coming out with a few different partnerships that we just recently signed contracts on. So we're trying to really become like the woman SBA, you know? We're mm -hmm. trying to really become a small business administration for focused on women entrepreneurs in the minority sector. Um, so that's where you're going to start seeing us going. Huge, huge events, you know, lots of corporate partnerships and just like more and more resources and more in-house partnerships to help the women entrepreneur collectives. Do you feel like that's where it's said that's where the bag is with the corporate sponsorships? Because I know a lot of people that are ready to scale and take it to the next level. The talks of corporate partnerships are intertwined in those conversations. I feel like the bag is where people have proven that they make money and huge fortune 500 companies have proven that they've made money and so if you want to you know get sponsorship for events or you want to you know tap into government programs that are available for like they're gonna know about it because they have the team they have the bandwidth they have the money they got the money they got the money <laughs> and so partnering with them is really becoming a no-brainer for us yeah when when i quit my corporate job and went full force with ivy multimedia i went straight to the corporation period because i already knew because i worked in one i exactly. knew you know from a budget perspective from you know they want to partner with the community absolutely small businesses absolutely <laughs> and we have an incredible database that a lot of people yeah. want to tap into so mm, you gotta pay for this data and do and do oh and wow. Do. And do. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Stormy, what you over there doing for fun in New York? What's the Stormy that's not, you know, pink printing today? What are you doing on an average day? What life look like? Yeah, I mean, I just got back from Japan. I spent oh, 30 days in Japan, and that was really days. cool. 30 days? Doing yeah. what? No, no, Japan? no, not 30 days. We spent two weeks in Japan in, in May. Two we spent weeks. two weeks in Japan. I was in Bali for 30 days. But, um, oh. yeah, that's kind of what I do. I like to travel. I like to get re-inspired. I like to, you know, completely unplug from mm -hmm. everything for a long period of time and just go explore. That's something that really yes. makes me happy is, like, exploration. Tell me about Japan where you in Tokyo yeah we went to we, we, we did Tokyo we did Osaka and we did a uh, Kyoto so we did three different um areas and we had a blast when I tell mm -hmm. you we ate mm -hmm. until we couldn't eat anymore and people think that I don't know where people get it that you're gonna be hungry when you go to Japan but you are <laughs> going to eat child we ate what so were you good. eating out there we were eating sushimi, ramen, yokoto. Mm. Like we were just eating a little bit of everything and we were trying to be as local like as possible to eat like their local dishes and things. But we were just enjoying ourselves so much and just seeing the culture. Like the Japanese people just have such a thoughtfulness to the way that they mm. live life. Like they're so thoughtful of the other people around them in their environment that it was just really refreshing. Cause New York, they just be throwing trash on the ground, Girl. bumping all into you, holding up the train. It's just giving ghetto, but when it comes ah! to to uh, Japan, they were super thoughtful and it was really, really awesome. Super thoughtful in Japan and New York, not so much. No. Girl, let me tell you about time. <laughs> I had visited New York. We were like in Times Square. This is like my first time in New York, in the big city, right? And and the guy I was talking to at the time, he was like, well, we got to go get some pizza from, I guess, this popular pizza place. Girl, when I was trying to order my food, she was like, so what the hell do you want? And I was like, <laughs> the excuse <way> me? <laughs> I was so shocked that she approached me like that. Like, can I think about it? Like, I was holding something up and there was no line behind me. That's normal. Normal. 
Oh my. Very much so. Yeah, we we don't have time to not even have time. So I see. You got to come on with the come on. Oh wow. Okay, <laughs> let me rewind though, because you said Bali as well. I've been seeing quite a few people go to Bali. How how is Bali? I did love Bali and it was so cheap. Like I've lived off of probably like a thousand dollars for that one month. And I was wow. like, Oh, this is dope. And I tried to do I did so many things. I lived in a villa, I had my own private pool, like it was really nice i had a little scooter to ride around i just um i felt like in bali i was a uh, i was fake vegan in bali you was fake vegan fake vegan and <laughs> <laughs> and i just feel like i really lived a peaceful life i didn't do the luxury you know mm-hmm. travel i tried to do a backpack really humbled grounded mm-hmm trip and I just it was very memorable and I solo travel so it was just you were super by yourself mm-hmm. that's my that's my like necessity in life I have to solo travel are you the type can uh you know never met a stranger can meet you know friends while you're by yourself or yeah you it depends to? on you know after I got robbed I had a, I kind of had like some um like PTSD oh yeah so like some certain activity like if somebody does a certain thing around me I won't you know be able to I had to start getting on alert mode, but for the most part, I'm super open booked and um, mm-hmm. I love just having fun and dancing in the rain. Like I'm just that type of girl. Like I'll yes. take my wig off and put my feet up come child, on, come on. and just, you know, enjoy myself for sure. Wow. And I hate you got robbed in Memphis. Yeah, money. that was unfortunate. From your home girl. It was unfortunate. But let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about Memphis for a minute. Uh, when you come home to Memphis, but your mom is in Memphis, I ain't going to say home, but you know, you got ties and roots here. What do you like to do in Memphis? We go to, um, what's the park called where they have like the canoes and the... Shelby Farms. Yeah, we go to yeah. Shelby Farms. Okay, so you we, like we, nature. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I'm a nature girl. We we go to Shelby Farms um, and hang out. We do, we of course we eat at all the top barbecue spots. Mm-hmm. You know, we do a little barbecue tour. Last time we were here too, we got on the... Um, you know, the little bird scooters that they have. Mm-hmm. And we just did a bird downtown. scooter tour downtown. We yeah. had a good old time with that. But my siblings usually come with me too. Like we come like July 4th, Christmas and those type of times. So my mom has like a pool and a garden mm-hmm. and we really chill at the house and just catch yeah. up because we all over the place now. Yeah. Memphis is home for me right now. I'm originally from Beaumont, Texas, but I've okay. been here since 95. Um, but, you know, just your perspective from a business perspective with you living in New York and you already knowing a lot about the Memphis market. What are some of the things Memphis needs to work on, in your opinion, that yeah. you see off top? I think Memphis just needs to start building more of a community. Um, I haven't really and I, and I haven't been here so much, but I was even talking to um, someone else who has a podcast here as well. And they were like, we don't have like huge networking events for entrepreneurs. Like that's why I was so grateful to be a part of the Dream Summit, because like we need you guys. I think you guys need more of that. You need to really showcase the community that you guys have or even on the news. There's there's always something Kia boys and, and the mm-hmm. rest of the folks. It's not much on just like hey look at these people doing amazing things in their community and like serving their community so I think you guys we need to come up with some kind of event that we can really do and and keep hosting it all the time monthly to get these people together so we can create a space for like-minded individuals more and more yeah well Memphis are you listening to that advice from Stormy Banks she knows (laughs) she knows I'm sure there are a lot of those type of events in New York oh yeah we popping I'm going to one on the 22nd Girl, I bet you stay booked and busy. Yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. 
is really a blessing. Yes. Wow. Well, I really pray that your business grows and grows to the magnitude that you want it. Um, partner with those corporate uh, big wigs out there because they're going to give you that money. They're mm-hmm. going to they're going to make it pop. For I you. receive. I <laughs> yes, receive ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But you know what? Something that we didn't talk about on that panel before we come to a close. I, I heard some of you mention it, but I was trying to stay on task uh, about scammers. Ciao. What is the big thing with these scammers online? Is it an online thing? Is it in the entrepreneurial space online? Um, what is going on, Stormy? Educate us. Listen, I mean, I've definitely been seeing the recent allegations of these internet gurus and of Instagram your leisure. gurus. That's what I've been saying. The most unfortunate part about it is that it is our responsibility to do the due diligence necessary to make sure that we are bringing the community that we're serving, you know, proper legal good advice that they can use without potentially seeing some type of hardship in the future from the advice that we're given. So it's definitely unfortunate that this stuff is coming out, but I do believe that, um, is it true? I have no idea. I'm not connected to them in that sense. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. know. Um, And I haven't seen any, you know, they say show me the paperwork. So I haven't seen anything, but I I wouldn't be able to really speak on if it's true Mm -hmm. or false. It's just the allegation of it all. Right. And that's, that's definitely, you know, damaging, potentially damaging for sure. But I just think that it's important, you know, for the ones that are continuously giving out good information to just keep, you know, keep screaming it from the mountaintop and keep focusing on the positivity and keep going forward with the things that you are doing that are amazing um, in your community. But it's, it's definitely unfortunate for sure. It definitely is because two podcasts uh, or even I, I would say um, very big on YouTube um, as well that I've been following have been uh, accused of scamish activity. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Then it's another video about it, then another video. Because once they start, they keep coming. Absolutely. I just tell all the consumers um, who are listening to this and are going on your entrepreneur journey to please do your due diligence. Um, because as much as it is the responsibility of the person whose platform it is, you also do have responsibility as well to make sure that you are you know, giving your dollars to someone who is legitimate someone who is you know been proven in their market someone who has shown that they have receipts from other clients so make sure that whatever you're thinking about investing your money or time into that you've done your due diligence to do the research and make sure that that is going to be a fruitful investment for you yes you don't want to feel violated at the end of the day in any kind of capacity now let's talk about your platform online because i see you have a huge following um how do you choose to engage with your online community is that a big factor of your business oh man yeah we get uh most of our leads that we're getting like our customer acquisition cost is like in the hundreds um like super cheap just because we get most of them off of free instagram posts and Mm -hmm. reels and going live and we um collect everything that we need from there instagram has been super pivotal pivotal to our business and i think i love to go live like and just you know do a live broadcast on my instagram have you always loved that yeah (laughs) 
yeah. off top. Because I like talking to the people and like on live you can see the comments and stuff and I be mm-hmm. laughing. We be on there crying. Yesterday I was like, you know, coming up with a song like get that money, get that money. Like we just be, <laughs> you know, you could just be who you want to be and then the people mm-hmm. that like who you are, they just gravitate towards you. So it's like really fun to just be able to show your personality and I think so much in business we always think that you have to be like this proportional corporate suit and tie mm-hmm. person but I love that. No, I can be myself and dress how I dress and talk how I talk and still find people who you know support me love me and patronize my business yes so I love Instagram for that shout out to Instagram do you think the go live factor um has has really boosted your business going live what part of it the going live part like actually that live factor because a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to or um, people that really utilize social media, they go live like it, and it increases engagement yes. for them. Yes. And it also allows um, people to see you because most of the times on Instagram, anybody could get a video, post a video on their page, post some words on it and then say it's whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and create a website that corresponds with it but like you said with the scammers a lot of people are doing that with like ai they're creating like fake videos of different people so when people when you could get on live and somebody could see you like okay i know that that's That's stormy yeah like anybody else that ain't stormy this is her she goes live you know it's kind of like okay well does that scam page go live tell them Mm -hmm. to go live tell them to send you a voice note when you're talking to them through the dm and they tell you to buy something like i send voice notes that way people know like okay that's that's her Mm -hmm. yeah it builds it it builds just a deeper connection with with your people and they know they begin to just really trust you a lot more i think we're going live i'm gonna go live you gotta go live then maybe we could do a, a live together yeah set it up <laughs> i would look i'm gonna have to figure it out set it we up we'll have a good time on live oh my we're gonna do it we're gonna do it stormy <laughs> any advice for people out there that are very interested in becoming a member of the pink print mentorship program or you know really investing their time and energy into some of your products yeah i mean the advice would be Um, we definitely believe in a results driven community. So I would tell you before you even come really decide if you want to move forward with your business, if that's really a goal of yours, because we're going to give you the resources, but you still have to do the work, right? We Mm -hmm. we still need you to show up for yourselves. My gym, um, trainer was telling me like, I can show up at the gym and train you and help you lose weight, but you got to get out the bed and make it to the gym. Okay. So if you're ready and you're really feeling like, okay, I'm ready to do this, please just DM me on Instagram right now. Um, at stormy banks underscore s-t-o-r-m-i banks b-a-n-k-s underscore just dm me i want grants and we'll make sure that we get somebody to uh reach out to you to get you where you need to go yes ma'am any final words stormy i have truly enjoyed you here on verbally effective you are indeed verbally effective might i add because you you know you you got it going on like thank you i really appreciate you last words from me is just like thank you god for the opportunity thank you for being so open to me coming on here and good luck to everyone who's listening you're welcome you're welcome there it is verbally effective family we just sat down with the amazing sustainable funding coach stormy banks the founder of the pink print please tap into her network and really take your time to look at the pink print because she is doing some absolutely amazing things for women entrepreneurs and we're going to keep her in our prayers so she can just excel and scale her business as well. Thank you so much, Stormy, for joining me today on the Verbally Effective Podcast.